God, we magnify it, that we are considered friends, that you call us friends. As you said, no greater love than this, and then a friend to lay his life down for another. And Lord, we see what a great friend you are, that you did lay down your life for us. And so, Father, since you have died for us, and Lord, now we live for you. Lord, we ask right now, all of you, none of me, to preach your word through me, God, uh, that we hear clearly from you how we can better serve you, love you, and glorify your name by being obedient to your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Let all those who agree say amen. Amen. As we continue on in our journey to Jerusalem with Jesus, this is Palm Sunday, his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And we're going to look in the, uh, the gospel according to John in the 12th chapter. And I, I want us to follow Jesus on this journey as he's on his way to Jerusalem, many times he told his disciples that I'm going to suffer many things. He knew why he was going. But let's see, did the people truly understand why he was coming? In John 12th chapter, I'm going to begin at verse 11. It says, for on account of him, many of the Jews are going over to to Jesus and putting their faith in him. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, Daughter Zion, see your king is coming, seated on a donkey's coat. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him, that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. If you can help me announce this title to your neighbor, tell him, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Or you can say, whatever you, whatever you can do, you can't stop it. Let's, let's see what's happening here. Uh, the Pharisees found out there was nothing they could do to stop it. We see that that's clearly in the text. But I, I want us to look at how our everyday society, how we watch the news. And many times in the morning, those who are on their way to work, you, we watch the news to find out what's happening today, 
and most importantly, you want to know how to dress today. So you want to hear what the weather is. And the weatherman is always telling her how it may be sunny or percentages of rain. And when you hear that percentage of rain, then you make sure you have a raincoat or an umbrella somewhere in your car. And pretty much you have come to the conclusion that you don't want it to rain, but if it's going to rain, there's nothing you can do to stop it. If it's going to rain, you have a choice. I'm going to prepare for the rain or I'm going to stay out of the rain. You, you make up your, your ideas or your mind or maybe those who are getting ready to travel, you look at the weather channel because you're trying to get that, that long forecast and see what the weather's going to be like. Uh, many times that I've traveled with my family, we go to Florida during the summertime. It must be the raining season because it seems to like always rain every other day. But it doesn't stop us from going to the park. <laughs> we know that if it's going to rain, then it's going to rain on us. We're going to go into the elements. In life, sometimes it may not be the weather. Maybe it might be a financial situation. It may be some kind of health situation you're going through. Sometimes in life, there's things that you have to face that no matter what you try to do, you can't stop it. Some of us have, have issues like I have asthma. No matter what I do to stop it, I just can't stop it. I, I would like my asthma to go away that one day I could go out and play basketball and run up and down the court and never have to take a timeout to go get a, a puff from my inhaler, but I have to anyway. No matter how much exercise I do, no matter how much I run and swim trying to build up my lung capacity, it still seems I still need to go ahead and take my medicine twice a day. Take it in the morning, take it in the evening, every day. Make sure I have my inhaler on hand because no matter what I do, I can't stop it. See, sometimes in life we try to avoid reality. We try to avoid things that are set conditions. No matter what you want to have happen, you can't stop what's going to happen. And, and I want you to realize that we, we live in a life that's thinking being a Christian, being saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, like that's some life of a, of a fairy tale. But being a Christian does not mean everything's going to go your way. You know, just because you, you love the Lord does not mean illness is not going to happen. Just because you're faithful in following God and you've been at church every Sunday does not mean that death is not going to come into your family. I, I want us to grab that in spite of whatever you do, you can't stop it. And I want to drive home this point that what God is doing, his will is going to be done. No matter what you try to do to stop it, if it's his will, tell somebody, it's going to be done. We begin here in the text that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. But before he got there, he stopped somewhere. Tell somebody he stopped somewhere. He stopped in Bethany. What's so special about Bethany? Well, we're in the gospel of John. If you just want to go back to the 11th chapter and read that for yourself, that 11th chapter is filled of some miraculous thing that happened there that Jesus called forth Lazarus. And Lazarus was dead for Four days, he called him out the tomb. They, they told him his body's decayed. His body's thinking now, Lord, why are you going to try to raise him? But he raised him anyway. So now we not only see that the Lazarus survived, but he's now eating with Jesus, with Mary and Martha. There's a dinner in his honor. And we find out here that those who are going to Jerusalem heard that Jesus was with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. So not only did they go to see Jesus, but they also went to go see Lazarus. But watch this. In, in the 11th chapter, in the 50th 
25th verse, the Pharisees and the chief priests told everybody that if you see him, report him so we can arrest him. But they went to go see him, and they did not report him. I want you to grab him. The Pharisees are trying to stop them from seeing Jesus. But they're finding out that no matter what they say and what they do, they can't stop it. The devil is doing whatever he can to stop you from seeing Jesus. He'll throw whatever he can in your way. And sometimes we just make it a little bit easier for him. Uh, we get lazy and not doing the things we should be doing. We're not praying enough. We're not studying. We're not talking to God. We're not doing the work of the kingdom. And then we're going to act upset when things start falling apart. It's kind of easy for a relationship to fall apart when you stop forgiving. Am I talking to somebody here? It's kind of easy for your finances to get out of control when you stop being a wise steward. It's kind of easy for a child to be acting out of their mind when you stop being a parent. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I just want us to wake up and realize how we sometimes make it easy for the enemy to get up all up in our business. And then we want to blame him when it's all our fault. But you see here that those who are coming to the Passover paid no mind to the Pharisees and the chief priests. Some of us need to take notes. Some of us need to take, somebody trying to tell you stop seeing Jesus. Somebody trying to tell you stop praying. Somebody trying to tell you well, that has, the word of God has nothing to do with this. You need to pay them no mind. And go ahead and talk to Jesus. Uh, they, they, they went to see Jesus at Beth. They just said, can I just get a glimpse of him? Uh, they said, he's, he, not only is Jesus there, but we're also going to see Lazarus, the one he raised from the dead. We want to see this. Uh, we want to see a dead man that once was dead, that's now alive, and eating with Jesus. Can I drive this home for a moment? Some of us uh, need to be around and act like Lazarus, so some people can see somebody that was once dead in sin, alive now, and communion with Jesus. Am I talking to somebody here because Jesus said behold I knock uh, standing at the door for you to let me in so I can commune with you so I can sup with you uh, I want you to understand that yes we once were dead in sin but hallelujah we're alive through the regeneration of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that now we can have a fellowship a relationship with him so you too tell somebody you too ought to be a witness you too should be able to testify how God has changed your life. Uh, has anybody here seen some things that they thought would not come, have come, all by the grace uh, of God? Uh, can anybody here testify how you had a bad report, but God was able to step in and change that situation? Because I, I think about that for myself. I, 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 my, my mother tells me this, so I don't remember because I was just a kid and I was knocked out. But she told me how one time she was visiting me and I stopped breathing. And, and I don't know if they had to resuscitate me or whatever, but yeah, I just stopped breathing. Now, I don't remember it, but I could have been gone. Yeah. I mean, if you stop breathing, that's nothing to play with. But yet, I'm here. It had to be God. And, and I remember one time that I was hallucinating and I thought I was having nightmares 
and, and I was crying for, for whoever could come while in the bathroom. My dad came and picked me up, and I woke up the next day in the hospital because I wasn't getting enough oxygen to my brain. And if God did not step in at that right time for my dad to come and get me, I would not be here. All I'm trying to say, I'm not the only one with a testimony how somebody here might have swerved out of a pothole. Somebody might have just dropped by another car. You might have missed a light post. You might have slipped and grabbed a rail. Something could have just added up just right that you're here. I, I'm trying to drive something home here that sometimes we think because I'm so I'm a good driver or because I have good balance or just because my mom would be there. But what if it was not for the Lord? Where? Would I be? Uh, it could have been me out there on the street with no shoes, no food, but by the grace of God. So I'm not here trying to brag. I just want to worship my Lord. Am I in somebody here with me? And so we see Jesus uh, has his great popularity. We see Jesus. People just want to see him because if they heard the things he has done. They have not seen, some of them have not seen, but they heard. And since they heard, they want to see. Some of us have not seen a lot, but we heard a lot. And since we heard a lot, it made us want to see who this Jesus is. And now we know that he's real because he's real in us. But there may be somebody here who has not seen Jesus as Lord and say, well, let me help you out who he is. See, the Pharisees and the scribes think they have Jesus. Jesus told, tells his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going there, and I'm going there. I'm going to die. We look into John, the 11th chapter. The, 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 his disciples tell Jesus, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go and raise Lazarus from the grave. Don't, do not go because you know they're going to kill you. But Jesus says, I'm going anyway. And so Thomas says, well, let us go and die with him. So, you know, those are some rogue dogs. They say, okay, we're going to roll with him. But I don't think he really understood what he was saying. He said, we're just going to roll with you because that's our boy. We're going to go and die with him because, you know, they, they didn't hang around, as we know the story's been told. They didn't hang around. But, but in the time it started out, they said, let's roll out with Jesus. So they roll out with Jesus. They see him raise Lazarus from the dead, and they still don't get it. And we see how they still don't get it because Jesus tells Mary and Martha twice that they said to him, Mary and Martha twice come to him and saying, Lord, if you were here, Lazarus would not be dead. And one thing I want to grab here that when, when Martha comes out, we see him at the feet. And every time we see Martha, he's at his feet. I'm going to leave that alone for a little while. And so when he comes out, he raises Lazarus from the dead. The Pharisees see it, and now they want to kill Lazarus. Why they want to kill Lazarus? What would Lazarus have to do when God does some stuff in your life? And people see the miraculous things that are happening in your life. The enemy sees what's happening in your life. The enemy is seeing how he can kill and destroy. That's what Jesus said. He said, look, I'm the good ship. I, I come in through the front door. I, I have nothing to say, but the enemy, the wolf, he tries to sneak in. And he comes to kill and destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You understand how, how people try to kill and destroy whatever you're doing? Because of jealousy. Because they don't want change to happen. Oftentimes we want to stop things because something's going to change in them. 
that they don't want to have change. It's kind of hard to humble yourself when you already think you're humble. That might get somebody on the way home. When you already know everything, I can't tell you anything. When you become unteachable, there's nothing to teach. So once you think you have arrived, I want to tell you something. You just have not arrived. So what we're seeing here is that the Pharisees thought they knew everything. The chief priests thought they knew everything. They, they thought they knew what the word of God said. They got tired of Jesus telling them what they did not know because they thought they knew everything. And since they got tired of it, they said, well, we can't stop him. We're going to kill him. There's people in your life that realize that they can't stop you. They do whatever they can to sabotage you, to stop you from going. To destroy you. you. You know, think about this, sister. That, you know, how really heinous that crime is a slash of somebody's tires. You know, think about why did I slash your tires? I'm trying to stop you from going somewhere. You know, just, just want to hurt you, just want to damage you. You know, a lot of people are doing that in real life, slashing your tires. You got a hopes and dreams. They're going to tell you how you won't do anything. You say you want to write, they tell you you can't write worth a lick. You want to sing, they tell you how bad you can't sing. You know, they just tell you and shoot you down. They don't say, how can I help you out? Say, I know I can't sing, but my dad tried to help me out. <laughs> he let me know, don't sing so loud, Stan, but try to hold this tune. Because sometimes you need somebody to help you out to get where you need to go so you understand your limits. But sometimes, you know, when somebody comes to you, you can't just shoot them down, build them up. Amen. But the Pharisees and the scribes, they all they were looking to, chop, 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 cut, cut, cut. They want to cut Jesus down. And not only Jesus, but last, because he's a living testimony of what Jesus can do. Anybody here a living testimony? I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. And so look, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. The, the, the momentum and the popularity is gaining. We see those who are following him because they are pilgrims. They are coming to Jerusalem for the Passover. We see some have gathered because they heard he was in Bethany. And not only because he was there, but because Lazarus was there. So they not only want to see Jesus, but they also want to see the other attraction, Lazarus. Because they heard how he was dead in the grave and he's alive. And we all knew Lazarus because it said the whole town was there. So they know. Oh, this is true, but the Pharisees and the scribes, they don't want to see him. They want to shut him up. All the, if they do see him, they want to kill him. But yet, look what happens. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. The crowd hears of Jesus coming that's there. And they grab palm branches. They, they, they bring them out. And now the, the study shows that they did not just necessarily just cut those palm branches there, but they had maybe had palm branches available because palm branches can be used as a symbol of victory and welcoming the king. We see this in Revelation 7 chapter 9 verse that when they're standing before the throne of the lamb, they have palms in their hands and worshiping the lamb. You, you know who the lamb is? Uh, that's Jesus. And, and so right here, right here, they 
are suing, fulfilling the prophecy that they're finding in Zephaniah 9 and 9. And Jesus is riding in on the coat. Oh, daughter of Zion, see your king riding on the coat. And they see it. Something clicks in them. They may not know exactly what they're saying, but something just felt so good to them that they started shouting out their psalm 118. Go ahead and check out Psalm 118, uh, also known as the Hillel Psalms, uh, the psalms that they would say from 112 to 118 and, and to worshiping the, and then the Passover and all the feasts, they, these Hillels, these praises, and they come out saying, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And this is very specific because even though they may not know exactly what they are saying, but they're saying this, they're saying, Hosanna, bless you, Jesus. Uh, Hosanna literally means, oh, save, I pray. But they're not crying out, oh, save, I pray. But they're saying it in a sense of blessing, saying, Hosanna, bless this man. Who is this man? He is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Not only is he the one who comes in the name of the Lord, but he is the king of Israel. Let that soak in for a moment. What was above Jesus' head on the cross. They wrote something out. Said the king of Jews. And when they put that sign, they said, he's not our king. Maybe they did not know what they were saying. But even though they did not know what they were saying, did it stop it from being true? Whatever you can do. You can't stop it. <laughs> what I'm trying to drive home is that sometimes people think they know what they're doing, but you can't stop <laughs> what God is going to do. They did not understand because they went from saying Hosanna to crucify him. They would say, blessed he's the name of the Lord, that he's not our king. They would say he's the king of Israel, to yell out, if you are the king, come down from the cross. You see that there? How the, how the enemy can use confusion, how the enemy can sidetrack us, get us think we know what we're saying, we know what we're doing, but we may not un truly understand. But here, Jesus is still coming humbly. And, 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 the, and, the, and the, uh, the author of John, he lets us know, he says that they did not know until after he was glorified. When was he glorified? When he rose again from the grave. And then not just at that moment, at that time, but yet when he ascended into heaven. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It hit them that this is what Jesus was talking about. See, we have the benefit now that we can look back and see what the record says. But at that time, they were living it, and they were thinking of an earthly kingdom to come. So they see an earthly man coming in on a donkey. They get overwhelmed. They get excited. They say, oh, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And they worship him, and they bless him. And in and, and one gospel account, the Pharisee says they should shut up. And Jesus says if they are quiet, the rocks will cry out, basically saying no matter what you do. You can't stop it. You ravenous. They thought they could stop it. They may not understood what was happening, but you can see God is moving. Every time you close your eyes and go to sleep, you don't know what's happening around you. But does the earth stop revolving because you close your eyes? Does the rain stop coming down just because you close your eyes? Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. 
Just because you don't understand doesn't mean it does not happen. I was talking to my father on the weekend. He was speaking some engineering technology terms to me, and that was over my head. He's going to talk about some, some fuel stuff and engine stuff, and I'll be like, I like NASCAR and I like engines, but I still don't know what's going on. I know I stick my key in ignition, and my car is supposed to turn on. If it don't turn on, I'm calling somebody else. <laughs> so he was telling me some things I did not know, but I knew that these things shall work. I don't understand, but I know it works out. I want you to really grab here that you may not understand everything that God does, but God is working. And the good thing is that he's working in your favor. That might get somebody else on the way home. But uh, see, 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 uh, some of y'all that got it. But realize this, that he may not do what you want him to do, but he's doing what is best for you. I want a Corvette. I don't have a Corvette. But God made sure I got an automobile to get me from A to B. You understand what I'm saying here? Let alone I can still walk. You understand what I'm saying here? I, I, I want some nice things, but God let me know, like, Sam, you don't need those things, but I'm going to give you what you need. We need to realize and appreciate what we do have. Because what we do have, it truly is a blessing from the Lord. I, I, I know it may not have a pretty ribbon like you wanted to be, but maybe you need to close your eyes and open them back up again. You might really appreciate what's before you. Because if only they knew, Jesus said before we end, if only they knew. He was weeping over Drew. If only they knew. Sometimes our ignorance hurts us from seeing the beauty that's before us. At this moment, at this time, they, they were ignorant of who was before them. But I'm glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad, write this down, that my ignorance can't stop God. Because while we were yet still sinners, he died for us. While I did not know him, he knew me. I'm so glad my ignorance, <laughs> lack of knowledge, lack of understanding does not stop the power and the movement of God. Look at this crowd. In verse 15 it says, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See your king is coming, seated on a donkey's coat. See your king. Seated on a donkey's coat. Jesus as king did not come in on a chariot, did not come in on an elephant, did not come in on a horse, but he came in on a donkey. That'd be like President Obama being elected and on his parade. He did not come down in that Humvee Escalade stressed out limousine. He, he did not come down in a Cadillac stretched out limousine, but instead he came down on a tricycle. And you'd be like, that my president? Coming in on a meagly little kid tricycle? Jesus humbly came into Jerusalem, but received a king's wealth. See how he humbled himself, but it still not stop the prophecy of being fulfilled? I want you to really understand here. Sometimes we think that we should do it our way. The, the, the disciples thought he, was, he should go and take it by force. The disciples thought he was going to go and claim his kingdom. But Jesus was just still just saying, I'm just going to be humble. Not my will be done, but your will 
be done. Do you understand here that Jesus could have came in with all power, all authority, so and all. Look at what I can do. But he came in humbly riding on a donkey. But yet he received a king's reward. What does that mean? That means that he's worthy to be praised. Not because of how good he looks, just because for who he is. <laughs> it, did it say they worship him because of how, how much he had? No, they worship him just because he is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Did it say, we thank you for victories you have done? No, we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then they crowned him. They crowned him king of Israel. And Jesus rising. But then you see what happens. Verse 17. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Verse 17. The verse 18 says many people because they had heard that he had performed this sign went out to meet him. I want you to do this. Let everybody know what God has done for you. So that they will want to come out and see him. Tell a testimony about what God has done for you. So that they too will want to see him. Some of you know people that might be going through the same situations you're going through. Just let them know what God has done for you. He can do the same for you. Uh, what he's done for me, he can do for you. I, I heard a preacher say that don't get judged with God's blessing your neighbor. You should be excited that he's in the neighborhood. Because if God can do it for them, oh, I thank you, Lord, you can do it for me. There's nothing too hard for our God. If he was willing to die for you, isn't he not willing to give you a life and give you life more abundantly? Because that's why he came. I'm telling you, don't limit God because you don't get what you want. Say, God, have your way. Oh, Lord, have your way. And so let them know. As you see, those that saw Lazarus from the dead, they took the time to tell somebody else. Some of you need to stop watching your TV show. Stop blogging and emailing somebody else. But go tell somebody else uh, face to face and let them know what Jesus has done for you. And maybe you, you can tell them about somebody else. You might be able to say, you see what he did for my brother, for my sister, for my mother, for my child. You can let them know that not only has been good to me, but he's been good to my mother, my father, my sister, my grandmother, my child. He blessed me with this job and his fallen economic system. I still got a hot dog to eat. Yeah, I didn't say steak. I'm celebrating my hot dog. Uh, yeah, it's some, it's some cut up leftover meat, but it sure enough tastes good. Uh, it's better than an empty stomach. Am I talking to somebody here? But yet we see the Pharisees. <laughs> they thought they had them. They said to everybody to report to them when they see him so that they could arrest him. But they went to see him <laughs> so they can see what he has done. And I'm glad about it that one of these days <laughs> we're going to see him and we're going to see what he's going to do. <laughs> because when he comes on a cloud, I, I believe the record says how he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, I believe the record says that all of a sudden my body is going to be changed. 
I'm excited right now because I realize that in spite of all that I have done, my Lord died for me to save me so I don't have to live a life without him, but I can live forever with him. No matter what the enemy has tried to do, you couldn't stop God moving in my life. Uh, I know the enemy tried to make me make some, some negative friends, uh, but I'm glad by the grace of God, I had some parents that raised me in the admonition of the Lord to let Sam know, Sam, you should not be out there stealing. So when I was out there getting ready to steal, I remember my mama won't let me back home. Uh, I need to leave this stuff alone. And out of fear of my mom, I was so reverence to God. But as a child, I didn't know any better. But by the grace of God, I'm glad my ignorance did not stop God moving in my life. Is there somebody here, you might have been sleeping around, but you got up, you ain't got no disease. Am I talking to somebody here? You might have took a sip of something, but your mind's still in the right order. Am I talking to somebody here? You see, some of us act like we've been holy and saved all our lives. But when you can able to get up with vitality in your body and realize the enemy tried to put you down, people have tried to stop you, stab you in the back, lie on you, mistreat you, but you can say, my Jesus is seated on the throne, interceding on my behalf. You can say what you want about me, but God has called me a child after his own name. He's called me friend. He died for me, and I'm glad he did not stay in that grave because he got up early Sunday morning. And I'm glad when he got up early Sunday morning, he talked to his disciples, letting them know, I'm going to leave you with the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I come and send to the Father, the Father will give you the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I'm trying to tell you is this, that you got some power in you. And no matter what you can do, you will, no matter what you do, you can't stop. Let the Spirit have his way. Let God have his way. Let Jesus be king of your life. Bless his name. Say Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The king of Israel. The king of my life. The Lord of my life. He reigns in my life. I serve his pleasure. Because I want you to understand. The God's will is going to be done. In spite of what you say or what you do. You can't stop it. The Pharisees thought they had it. But I'm just going to close with this. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He said the son of man must suffer many things. And so he went to Jerusalem knowing what was going to happen to him. And Luke, it says that, don't you know Herod's trying to kill you? He said, tell that fox, I'm coming. I'm going to heal, I'm going to do all my miracles, and then I'm going to die. But three days later, my mission will be complete. What he's telling that, you can do whatever you want to stop me, but you can't take my life because I will lay my life down and I will take it to back up again. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? In spite of what y'all thought y'all did, I did this for you. Has he done it for you? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you called him Lord of your life? Have you accepted him and let him rule over your life? Have you welcomed him into your house? 
Have you welcomed him into your heart? Welcome him right now if you have not before and just say, oh, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Let Jesus be your king because he is king. He is Lord. And if you don't, I just want to close with this. No matter what you do, you can't stop it because he's coming back again. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. We thank you that you loved us in such a way that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and that on the third day he rose again from the grave. We thank you, Father, for such a great love towards us. And Father, Lord, right now, if there's someone here, Lord, we pray that they accept and receive Jesus as a Lord and their Savior. Oh, God, we ask for you to have your will with our lives. We surrender all to you. Have your way. Have your way is our prayer. Let the church say amen. amen. May we stand as we extend the hand of discipleship.